Choose your player. Hi, my name is Katie, and I've been obsessed with Teen Wolf since I was the young, ripe age of 27. And the one word that sums up my obsession would be hack is family. Are you excited? I am. Are you pumped? Nope. <laughs> well, let's just do it. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Your Nerdy Obsession, the podcast where we dive into nerdy obsessions. I am Michael Owen Achenbach, as always. And on today's episode, we have a dear friend of mine, a superhuman among uh, non-humans. <laughs> that didn't work out well. <laughs> Oh, Katie Pap. Hello, my darling friend. How are you? Hi, I'm doing well. Uh, thank you for calling me a superhuman among non-superhumans. Or non-humans. Non-humans. Non- <laughs> that was the worst introduction ever. I'm so sorry. Thank you so much for doing this. I am very excited about today. Um, and it's nice to see you. We haven't seen each other in such a long time. Oh, so nice to see you. It is nice. Well, on today's episode, y'all, I'm excited because I actually have watched this entire series. So I understand the love and I'm excited to hear why Katie is obsessed. But we are going to talk about Teen Wolf, the TV series uh, started in 2011. Uh, But Katie, tell us why. Why Teen Wolf? Why did you choose this? What is it about this show? Yeah. So I was uh, actually a late adopter to this fandom, if you will. You know, I can think of a handful of friends, actually, that in my head, I'm just like, oh, they'd be so much better at this one because they've been in it since the beginning. But I don't think that that actually matters. I don't think so either. Not at all. (laughs) And one of the biggest things that my friends and I always say is just because you love something hard doesn't mean somebody else can't also love it just as hard. So going off of that, um, I love that. I'm going to steal that as a tagline for this show, yeah. just to let you know. <laughs> yeah. So I probably started it maybe three year, three or four years ago, and um, my best friend, who I was living with at the time, had been obsessed with it from day one, and uh never really tried to get me to watch it um but then we had the downtime and I was she mentioned something and I was interested and we started and then paused for probably a year and then I just went deep and (laughs) I watched all of it very quickly and proceeded to uh immediately start it over again from from the beginning um now I have seen it probably three times through fully uh and then you know random episodes here and there. i love it um for those for those who don't know teen wolf is very loosely based off the teen wolf movie way back in the day um but it's exactly what it is there's a teenager that's a werewolf and it's 
that. That is a story. So, Katie, what is it about this story that draws you into it? Like, I want to know why did it become an obsession? I'm calling it, I, I, I'm coining this term, but like a, like an American novella almost, right? It's like like Vampire Diaries or like, like Sabrina or Riverdale's perfect example where it's just like dark, but it's still in that soap opera realm, right? Like, but it's not really. So, well, it, it is. My uncle one time actually was watching it with me and he's like, so this is a soap opera. And yeah. I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I think what really drew me in was one, that kind of spooky-ish or noir aspect to the town kind of how you said a Riverdale or uh you know a modern Sabrina that's yeah. another one I love um that kind of draws you in and then it's just these very normal friendships you know it shows a best friendship that you can immediately get really invested in there's the characters bring you and because it's so character driven, you know, I think that's why you kind of stick around. And then the magical realism portion to it is it just, I mean, to me, it's an added bonus. I always, I always love it when there's kind of, you know, that little magical element, yeah. but yeah, it's kind of just showing how regular people will react to very not regular things. You know, it's, it's yeah. a world where werewolves don't exist to these people until they do, as yeah. opposed to to a world in which you know it already has established um supernatural creatures yeah no 100 percent. like they just they just take them as they come all these creatures that yeah. enter this thing yeah. yeah that's a good point exactly so i like that um oh i had a thought oh you you brought it up here about it's very character driven, which I find interesting being someone who has watched this as well. It doesn't stick to a normal like hero's journey in terms of uh, uh, of like the main character um, or like there's technically like the main four teenagers. Right. One of them yeah. dies off early. Spoilers. <laughs> but but um, but it's not like a typical like hero's journey, which I find interesting and i wanted to kind of dive into that so with these characters and their like uniqueness um generally speaking you know right away one of them's a werewolf we got that unique like let's see how you deal with that in everyday life you have the best friend of the werewolf which i mean i think that relationship is what sold that right styles and and scott but then you have um a, uh oh gosh i always forget her name but holland yep. uh uh Lydia. Lydia, thank you. Um, her character doesn't really become anything special for a while, right? Like she is just, um, the, she's there. I mean, her character herself is special, but like what I mean by special is nothing mythological happens to her until later on, she right? She doesn't know she's in a werewolf show for the entire first season. Yes, right? So with that, like with those type of characters, I'm not talking about the the werewolves or the mythical things and or maybe the ones that find out halfway through. Um did you connect with anything of that normality or was it any, or did you mostly connect with, or like you said, like the added bonus of the, the mythological aspect of it? Um, I think probably the normality, um, because you can kind of find that supernatural element in, you know, 
everywhere. I mean, there's, this isn't the only show, <laughs> um, but it's, you know, one of the few that has such a cult following and you can really, really talk about and the characters kind of become, they belong to the, the fans more so than the original almost. Um, so I think, yeah, that human side of things uh, is kind of where I connected. You know, there's the new girl at school and, you know, who befriends her, but the super popular one who turns out doesn't actually have any friends and doesn't even realize it, you know? Um, and so there's that kind of element where it's, you know, there are all these beautiful people or dressed up like regular teenagers or not regular teenagers but there's always that you know that one kid in school who's so dolled up all the time like you know you look at Lydia and you're like she's so unrealistic but she's not you know we had we had Lydia's in my high school yeah um and you know it's it's the connections that they form and that they form so quickly and that maintains through the show yeah um you know they're they're all so ride or die well, and something that is that is ongoing throughout the show, too, um, is the family unit, right? Like, yeah. I mean, yes, it's a werewolf show and we dive into that aspect, right? Like the whole werewolf family on top of like Scott's personal family or like his friend's family and everything. And that's like the constant through line. So it's interesting that you brought that up like that. The connection is really what's driving these characters forward and making you fall in love with them, right? Yeah. And I also, you know, that that brings up a good point, too there are parents actively parenting in the show actively I parenting mean, yeah not all the time you know it there is still they're kind of, of they're parents. they're they're ignorant a lot of the time like <laughs> lack of parents but it's not one tree hill you know i mean there are parents actively parenting and that get brought in on everything and you know at some point don't get involved nearly enough but they're there still and that's it's and it makes it really interesting too because you're not just like where are all the parents where yeah. and you become attached to them you know you and oh, well, the hundred percent get attached the characters and their parents and you know you want them to to continue to bond and i think that i could watch an entire series of a show just about you know the Delinsky's on their own you know 100 percent. that's exactly who i was gonna say too yeah, yeah. <laughs> zero magic zero anything just like give me papa Stalinsky styles some background like you know i'm, I'm do in. you think now this is kind of this i don't want i don't want maybe say renaissance maybe just say this like flood of what entertainment is becoming now right mm -hmm. with with comic books and with um science fiction being like the forefront now of what this is in this myth mythological creatures and stuff um do you feel that in like the future of like these type of TV shows or movies and stuff like this, do you think that it's going to get to an evolution where we end up like going back on ourselves um, where we're just going to focus on a leave it to beavers type thing? Or do you think that we'll push it even further? Cause this show just like vampire diaries, if I do say like pushed the limits in terms of like, like, bringing characters back to life continuously, like the different types of characters, like they went far out and it was a six season show. So it's interesting that there's a beginning, middle and end to this whole kind of obsession. Right. Um, yeah. So what are your kind of thoughts, I guess, on 
mythological moving forward do you think that it will go back on itself that was a super deep question for people that really aren't experts but trust me i'm not an expert we all know it it's just curiosity that's yeah. all i'm here for <laughs> yeah i think it's a really interesting question though um i think it will continue forward um you know really the start of everything um like the the young adult start of everything was twilight um I mean, you could say Harry Potter, uh, you know, for, for our generation, but there are so many people out there that were totally obsessed with Harry Potter and then have zero interest in any other magical realm. You know, that's just yeah. a totally different. But, you know, Twilight came out in, oh, uh, 2004, 2005, I don't know. Around was, there, Google it, people, yeah. if you care about the actual yeah. tape. <laughs> the book came out. I was in, uh, you know, eighth grade, something like that. And it was unlike anything that what else was out. I'd already read my way through the entire young adult section at, at the local borders. Love and this book shows up and it's as thick as my head and it's a vampire romance. And I'm, 13 and just there for it yes so that and and within that next two years or so by the time they started with the first movie which was within six years of the first book coming out um because i was still in in grade school which <laughs> is how i can say that but i don't otherwise i wouldn't have no idea yeah. but you know within that six years that's when like young adult kind of fantasy really blew up in a way that is separate from uh it's more commercialized i should say and yeah. it was really you know that's when you know, those more you know well-known young adult uh like fantasy authors like holly black um comes to mind and you know there, there's so many um but that's really where they kind of come in and like from there it just continued to grow and grow and grow and grow <laughs> And I think that, I don't think that's going anywhere. Um, however, I do think there is a cyclical element to all things and culture, including pop culture, is not exempt from that. Mm. So, um, you know, I, I would say that even right now, we're kind of in a, a time where it's more so sci-fi than anything else. You know, um, even what do you with what do you mean? Define define sci-fi because I guess that's a good point. And yeah. I kind of thought of the, the use of the word sci-fi. <laughs> um, and I would say anything where you know there's suspension of disbelief, but at the same time, it could it could happen almost. So the movie like comes to mind first is something like. Don't look up, you know, uh, on Netflix. I don't know if you've watched it. I've not yet, but go go for it. Talk about it. So this comes to mind because one, I it, it threw me immediately into a panic attack. Um, <laughs> you know, there's it starts off. It's very you know, it's scientific. It's astronomy. There, uh, you know, there it was a grad program. And a grad student find, discovers a comet and 
the class gets together and they map out the trajectory and sure enough, it's headed right towards Earth. So, you know, they calculate the time and they realize within six months it'll hit. And, you know, there's, you know, that is probably the least science fiction-y type of science fiction where there's literally, you've got science, but it's not quite real. <laughs> um, yeah. It's like, a, so, it's like we're watching a hypothetical, like we're watching what could yeah. happen, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's where I feel a lot of culture, like pop culture is right now. Uh, you know, it's taking on these, on these various, you know, topics and stuff quite real and, you know, giving it a story or even something like Interstellar. You know, you've got this, this space-time continuum that we all know exists and we all know you can bend it in a certain way when you're out there in the ether, terrifying. Um, <laughs> but we, we don't all know the intricacies of it. And so yeah. watching something like Interstellar and seeing them on a spaceship and them moving through space and playing with the space-time continuum and, and all of that and seeing how, you know, time folds in on itself or what have you, because all time is fake in general. It's a unit of measurement. And if something can't be measured, then it can't be measured. Yep. The limit does not exist. <laughs> um, so that's also you know, taking that one step further, you know, because now you're blending more of the impossible in there, even though it's still somewhat possible. Yeah, I guess I never really noticed that trend, but it totally is like that is kind of that next evolution where I mean, what I don't know. So this is quoted so many times, but I know somebody is, has said that um, there the intersection of uh, or like when science is extremely good or when you can't tell science is going on, it's the closest thing to magic, right? Like yeah. it, it, it's, it, it is exactly kind of what the next step is in this like entertainment portion of it. Now we're getting close to, Oh, werewolves not, might not be real, but let me show you how they could be with this disease that does exist. Like, so, you know what that kind of connection yeah. or something. Yeah. Zombie movies where it starts off and it's a virus and the <laughs> virus is a parasite. That parasite <laughs> controls your brain. And it has you act like, as like, that makes sense. Scientists are like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. The idea of somebody just bringing back to life from the dead, less so. So, That's so crazy. I wonder what in like our, our, our timeline as humans, like in, in dealing with entertainment where, I mean, I guess it is solely curiosity just, you know, but like, where did we decide that we needed to know the why? Right. Like I, I like you coming up for like rising from the dead, a perfect, perfect example of what you said doesn't scare me anymore because I it's just too outrageous for me to believe you're just going to rise out of the dream. I need you to explain to me why. Right. Right. Oh, that's so awesome. <laughs> Go on. Sorry. Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's, it's really cool. You know, and I think of kind of that scene in Hocus Pocus where. um Oh, and now I can't remember the dead guy's name, but his hand just kind of comes up. And I think it's a Night of the Living Dead too, or just like a hand yes. comes up from the earth. And like, that used to be terrifying. And you're like, the dead are rising. And now what's more scary in the fictional world, I, I don't mean this actually, but what a more scary concept is when somebody is ill as opposed to dead. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, you know, that's when it's like, oh, they're not going to reanimate, but what they are going to do is become something else. Yeah. And, you know, so I, I don't feel that way about actual. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> but you know, when you're watching something, that's where it gets really scary. And I think that in media right now, and in shows like Teen Wolf, uh, or how you mentioned Vampire Diaries, there is a lot of bringing soap operas, bringing people back from the dead, mm-hmm. and because that's something that it's almost out of our mind at this point or to the point where we'll say they're not really dead. They'll come back because they're not really dead. Yeah. But we're never like, Oh, that person is for sure dead. What if they come back and how are they going to do that? That at least for me, that's not where my brain goes. I'm like, how could they kill this person off? Well, maybe they didn't actually, but it's never the, oh, they're dead, and then yes. they need to come back because they're rising from the dead. Yeah, exactly. It's always like, oh, how are they going to make them normal, like living normal again, right? Like not as a dead yeah. being. Mm. You you mentioned about um, Twilight, right? And and this mm-hmm. is kind of two, two, two conversations are going to stem from this. And Twilight had has a huge following, which I also know that Teen Wolf has a huge huge religious following um which is which is awesome the first interaction i had with teen wolf was um going to a bar and they had like those mary like mary jesus candles but of Uh all the teen wolf um main characters it was wonderful um so i want to know kind of have you had any interactions or touches with that like crazy fandom or, or that side um and then the other kind of line I wanted to draw off of that is how you talked about with Twilight and how you got into it. But you also said that you were a late bloomer with this, with Teen Wolf. So kind of connect the dots to me for me. Like, how did you get to Twilight to Teen Wolf and, and that fandom? How does that go for you? Yeah. So um, I would say in terms of connecting with something on the outside and, you know, real realizing uh, it's, it's bigger than just me, because of course, when I bought, the first Twilight book. There were two copies in the store. It was around one of my friend's birthdays, like her 13th or 14th birthday. And I was like, this is it. This is perfect. They came out with a book right around her birthday that I meant to be. Yeah. (laughs) There's only two copies. I'm definitely buying them both. Like, no way. I'm not also getting it. So um, it it felt like a secret. It was one of those Mm. things where it's like, oh, no one is into this yet because it just came out. Um, and like a lot of things that you hold really close to you, when it becomes really big or more mainstream, you feel like something is kind of taken away from you. And I think that I had, I definitely had a little bit of that with Twilight. I think with other things though, and this is where I say, you know, just because somebody really loves something doesn't mean that you can't also really love it. You know, that's something that I had to learn and grow from. And it kind of started there because, like I said, it felt like a secret. So when that secret came out, it was so interesting. And then I was probably a senior in high school when the first movie came out or a junior or something. And um, I remember there were, you know, the ninth grade girls or whatnot making their T-shirts with Robert Pattinson's face on it and all this stuff. And. I, of course, I was going to go see the movie. And of course, I was excited to see the movie. I wasn't about to go see it at midnight on a Wednesday in the middle of the week because it had been years and I already read all the books. And 
but you know, I would definitely go on that Friday that it came out and had my tickets in advance. Yeah. Um, but you know, for it being something that was like such a secret that I held so tight that nobody knew about to, you know, now there's these kids that are so much younger and they're discovered it. And they're also just as obsessed. Um, you know, that's kind of where I found, I guess, twilight in the real world. It was, cause it was a slow, it was like kind of a slow growth of things. And the internet was not what we have now. And, you know, so, you know, you're on MySpace and you're on fanfic.net and you're, you know, you're on Tumblr. Posting on, on, on blog or blogs yeah, that are just fan fiction. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so it's, there wasn't as much to see around. So I think that was really, you know, just seeing people start to do, you know, be more into it around school. Um, and then, but for something that in general, I would think um, more on the mainstream side. So with Teen Wolf, you know, I see all the time and my friend, you know, my friends have like, just like, a casual sweatshirt that'll look like just a school's lacrosse sweatshirt but it says Delinsky on the back and has his number and you know there's ways where it's so subtle and somebody who doesn't know it is just like oh it's a kid wearing a lacrosse sweatshirt but somebody that does know it you're like oh um so I, I think that's kind of where I, I see those interactions and I think it's seeing things out in the mainstream like that or little homages that actually, you know, bring people closer together on it um, instead of that kind of initial, well, it's mine feeling. And uh, I think, so I think that that's really cool. Uh, and, you know, I, now you can get those candles with like all the Shit's Creek characters and it's anything that kind of gets that cult following pretty much gets one of those candles and you see one of those candles and you're just like, yes, get it. <laughs> yes. The candle. It's, yeah. it's great. Um, what did that, what did that, um, that secret it's so interesting that you put it that way um because it is right like you, the the obsession and especially when it comes to i was never a book reader i was always the movie so it's it's never gone through my head of like somebody who did have this experience very personal one-on-one -on -one experience with these books for you it was twilight um and then all of a sudden when this movie came out or when it became so popular right like you can even say to teen wolf because those first two seasons like yes they were popular but like i i think it was like that slow cult growth still like season three was their in my research i noticed their high their their biggest one and it wasn't huge in terms of viewership still um what did that secret feel like like was it because was it like a secret of i have this knowledge was it a secret of like i experienced this that you know what i'm what kind it, of what kind of feeling was that it kind of felt like it was something just for me mm. you know or me and my best friend almost not like not like we wrote it and we didn't we could have but it, 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 it was kind of like that we could have this is something that could have been plucked straight from our brains our tween brains we could have written this except not quite and then somebody did it for us and gave it to us and that was it was great you know so we had this thing that didn't exist previously 
you know um it was like speaking directly to your yeah. imagination right like yeah. oh this i didn't know this is what i thought but this is how cool it is i get yeah i get that yeah exactly and you know while you read it and like you said i think it's you know a book does make something very intimate and personal because you are just in your own head with it um but i feel that way about certain movies and music and all of that um as well where you know there was that time in my life where I was like oh I was part of kind of this almost counterculture and now it's just culture and you know to be kind of 14 and have your edgy I do what I want I'm part of this like underground I know things um pretentious personality trait um it's devastating to to have that flip <laughs> and go mainstream you're just you're absolutely devastated and you, you feel kind of like a sellout right like a little bit right but you cancel yourself on too you're yeah. like yeah they i mean they, they sold out or i sold out or i don't know but like i have to think good for them because they're making money off of the thing and they're and while like you're convincing yourself of that the whole time you're just like but what if they like also released b-sides to just fans or something you know like <laughs> it's like it's like why aren't you why aren't you taking more time to think ex more specifically of how to make it attached or talk to me right yeah. i'm with you i'm with you you know how they there's like this this thought that hollywood's just being uh, making things for fans like fan yeah. fan driven stuff like i have a fine line where i'm like okay it's needed because honestly, like sometimes the fans have better ideas than what you think is being written out there, but like, don't give into it. Like, don't act like, like entertain it. Don't give into it type thing. It's what I have to counsel myself on in that same scenario <laughs> where it's where I just, yeah. where I just want to be like, just fucking do what I want you to do. Like, come on. <laughs> and Jeff Davis is notorious for doing the opposite thing. You know, he, he'll like, hear that a you know there a rumor is going on that something's going to happen he will purposefully not do it or uh you know you hear that a bunch of fans want x to happen and he'll dance around it and make you think maybe but then he would he won't actually do it and uh it's, it's like cool and cool you know where it's like oh i see you and then you do have that aspect of um i'll just say our artists giving the fans what they want but in a way that's still true to the story and i think that's what's really important because you do you do see some um uh kind of like lip service with with things and that's where sometimes you jump the shark or yeah. in anything where you know where beautiful reference beautiful too <laughs> fan driven but then there's situations where you look at something like Cursed Child and you're like, of all the content that you could have given us at this point in time, that's the direction you went? Really? You know, I of all of all the Marauders demands to, you know, have that and, and this is where we went. Um, you know, that's kind of where, well, maybe listening a little bit <laughs> to get back, back kind of on the, the Teen Wolf train, you said that it came, what, four years ago is really when you started watching it, like hard, hardcore going into it. What, it, with the mindset of, right, Twilight back then was that, like you had the story, you had the secret. When you first found this, was it still that secret? Was it still something a little bit 
special? What was the different feeling there? The different feeling is more so kind of like kicking yourself for not getting into it sooner. Shit's, you're like, shit's Creek for me. Every, yeah, like, yeah, I you get that. Yeah. felt like it would be so hard to get into something new. Um, and this is anything that I know is good. I, I'll, I say this all the time. I know I'm going to love it. I know I'm going to obsess over it and rewatch it. I can't do that right now. <laughs> you know? So, and then when you do finally get to it and you love it so much and you're like, oh, I could have had this satisfaction earlier. Why, why did I hold off so long? Kind of like that. And I get that, you know, there's a lot of things that, that I, I have that with. Um, and then there's a lot of things that I, you know, I don't, that I, from the start I was into. Um, so no, it didn't feel like a secret. It, it still felt special and kind of like it was for me, but also uh, I watched probably the majority of it with my best friend that I lived with and she was already so obsessed. So it was really fun watching it with her and then having her be like, you know, confused on, oh, is this um, Bannon or is this Canon? Like she'll, like, oh, wait to see what happens here. And then suddenly nothing will happen. And she'll be like, sorry, Bannon. <laughs> um, so, you know, it, it didn't feel like a secret, but it did feel kind of like admittance into, you know, the club almost. Like, oh, okay, now I understand the things, why it's so cool, how you can get so into this. Um, and, and I think that's also a really fun way to discover something because your love can grow from it by your experience and enjoyment with and from others that also, you know, love it and might know a little bit more and you can have those conversations and, you know, that's what drives the obsession even is, oh, now I want to go back and rewatch this part and see what you saw. And then we can talk about, you know? So it's it's other people and with this that kind of drove it. With this obsession uh, of yours, what is what's the price tag here? Have you ever spent money? Do you own items of clothing or or anything? Because I mean, we all got streaming services. Let's get real. That probably it fits some sort of monetary bill. But do you do you have anything special? I don't actually. Um, I'm we, like really trying to think too. If you could take something like a show prop or like something from yeah. the show, what would you want? Um, I would probably, yeah, I'd probably want like one of the actual lacrosse hoodies or, you know, something kind of like that. I'm not, um, I'm not very trinkety or like, in, you know, I don't have like things that I collect. Um, but you know, little thing, you know, subtle, something subtle or a t-shirt. Yeah, I, I definitely would do that. Um, I think if there were, there was you know some type of experience um you know whether it be like at a theme park or, or something like that like you know I, I might do that um virtual but, reality teen wolf edition yeah <laughs> <laughs> but um even in terms of like going to a panel at comic-con you know and i would love to go to you know i haven't been to a comic-con um actually but i and i would love to go to one but i don't think i would go exclusively for this and the ability to see the characters or the actors rather in person and know that they're not their characters doesn't necessarily interest me in that way. 
you know, so so that see that I'm gonna I'm gonna jump back. Sorry to interrupt you, but I think this also brings into the 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 almost secret type of way, right? Like, yeah. I don't look at. I mean, I saw another TV show with Tyler Posey in it, and and it took me out because like I don't look at him in any way other than the Scott character, mm-hmm. um, it, or at least it's very hard once we have like loved these people, especially on TV shows over movies, right? Like to let go of that character because that face is embedded into our head as this person. And I think that's almost why, and in this instance, you know, I had seen Dylan O'Brien in things before watching, getting into Teen Wolf, even though Teen Wolf was the first thing that he did. But at that point, you know, I knew that he was in Teen Wolf, but I'd also seen him doing other things. And so by the time I got to actually watching it, whereas Tyler Posey is, so is Scott, you know, uh, <laughs> it's Dylan O'Brien was still Dylan O'Brien, but it is hard it, with these characters. And I think it's because they brought so much of themselves to the characters. It is hard to differentiate. And so, um, and I'll go down rabbit holes and I will watch the interviews on YouTube afterwards. But, you know, the idea of actually, you know, buying and going and sitting there and, not really having questions to ask on Moss. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm with you 100%. I, I think that uh, not that there's anything bad with like no. the panels. Like it's great. Like I, I love watching them on, on television. It's the same way I feel about a sport sometime where it's like, mm-hmm. I love watching t- televised sports because I can walk away from it. Like I, you know, like that's how I feel about it. So um, with those panels and stuff, like it's fun for that. But for me, like it takes away from the story so now while i'm watching if i if i watch that and then watch the story all of a sudden now i'm thinking of oh they were just sitting at a panel a couple days ago that i that then it's not them really running through the woods like it because that because i'm forcing myself to distinguish it it takes me out of it right yes exactly exactly that um and you know and i like to view the actor and you know the actors are around our age and all of that too so, you know, and I like to view them as their own people. So to kind of blend the worlds, is it, it, it's not really it for me. You know, I mean, Styles is forever going to be 17. Well, I mean, they're coming out with a Teen Wolf movie. Um, <laughs> on Paramount Plus, they are. <laughs> which is very exciting. Um, but, you know, other than that, they're going to forever be these teenagers, you know, um, kind of frozen in time. But Dylan O'Brien still gets to do all this other stuff. He gets to grow up. He gets to be his own person, but still have that love of the thing. And that's separate from the thing itself. And um, so, yeah, exactly like what you said. Um, I, I like to watch it and get sucked into it and have it as an escape, as opposed to picking it apart and going, oh, they must have, you know, this is probably what they were talking about when blah, 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 tripped in the woods or, or something like that and both are fun but they also have their their yeah exactly so with that kind of same uh mindset even though this is something that we truly love is there anything any season anything within the show itself that you hate that it does like any tropes that it brings up constantly that you're just like oh i hate when they're doing this again there's like what are the hate we gotta we gotta love and hate things right like we gotta have both (laughs) um okay well so this is actually pretty funny so it's it's season one and season one is fabulous. Like, you know, it's just, it's incredible. Um, so it's season one 
And, you know, my best friend knows all about the Canama situation. She's sitting on the couch. She's like looking over. And like the first time you see it, I literally stood up and I went, lizard people. Yeah. <laughs> Out of all the things, the fur, like they, they go werewolf yes. and then they immediately go lizard, lizard people. That's so like, true. <laughs> it's not even like werewolf vampire or like another type of lycanthropy. No. You, you know, where you turn into something else. It's just werewolf lizard person. And yep. I, so I was just like, are, are you shitting me right now? Like, <laughs> I was like just getting so into it and now lizard people. And she was like, you just I mean it is it is a payoff but yes 100% I'm with you like the reveals that they have sometimes (laughs) yes and to this day you know what like even just saying lizard like they went lizard people they did like Jeff Davis full-on went lizard people in season one like you know he woke up and chose violence so early one of the things I do like is that they use very interesting um not think of uh not like chimeras like in there but um just creatures right different creatures monsters yeah they do they um, use one of the things that i don't like well i mean didn't love the disposal of allison let's be real um for those who don't know allison is scott's girlfriend we find out that she's actually a long line of werewolf hunters she is a werewolf hunter and she died is it is it the first season it's season, I think it's season three. It's like, it, it, she's his girlfriend and like they're building this relationship and then all of a sudden, peace out girl, that's what happens. Yes. Like, and they immediately, like they kind of like bring in almost like a replacement prior to her death and immediately that's what takes off. And um, so I think what what the show does really, really well and as well as it does this one thing it does it just as poorly is the character relationship Mm. you know you can i think i i I get what you're saying i think that we can say that the show the show delves into the character depth really well showing who they are as a character but when they talk about characters dealing with hardships and relationships I agree with you is that they pivot. They don't have them really deal with anything truly yeah. in an in-depth way. They just like pivot the situation to something else and then go on with that storyline. Right. Yes. So, I mean, they keep Allison's name around and they keep the Argent family they're, around. They're there till the they're, last episode. They that's, are there. <laughs> that's great. But they, you know, and you know, it, they have Allison come up every now and then. But, you know, that was a really big, like, I mean, she was a main character. She is still looked at as a very main character. She's coming back for the movie. Not sure what they're going to do there or how that's going to work. But It's totally going to be flashbacks. That's all it's going to be. He's posted that yeah. coming back. <laughs> um, so we will see. Um, and then, you know, they they kind of start to then get build these really intricate relationships. And then they will just stop them. and. One of those things is like, all right, what the fuck happened to Danny? Where did he go? Where did Danny go? He's literally there one season and the next he's just not there. And no one mentions him ever ever again. Ever again. <laughs> he's just gone. 
It's like, what? <laughs> I, I agree. I hate and love when TV shows do things like that, especially because like, who knows if it was like, was this actor just couldn't, couldn't sign on? Like, what is this? And then they're just, they're written into a corner where they can't do anything other than just be like, well, let's hope no one notices. <laughs> was, while True Blood was live. Yes. I looked at the same best friend. Yes. We looked at each other and I was just like, what is this? book transitions where creative geniuses and she's like that's exactly what it is it is yeah if they're just like i don't feel like dealing with this so i just won't (laughs) and like and that's fine yeah it's what brings i think also the spirit of the show like that's what you kind of love about it too because you're like uh there's sometimes you just need that fucking 180 turnaround for no reason and it's um (laughs) you know so and you've got colton haynes um Jackson, so you've got Jackson, you know, again, spoilers, you know, Jackson is a lizard person. And then after season one, goes to London and they make an American werewolf in London joke. And that's just that. They like write him off. He goes to London. Um, they couldn't they couldn't kill him off. They just wrote him off. Yeah. Flash forward, <laughs> yes. flash forward to the like last episode, and who's in it? Jackson. Jackson. Still a lizard person. Still a lizard person. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and then like the way that they, you know, they they brought one of the twins together with Jackson. They're like, wait though. Yeah. Did who and and I think even in the in the show they like it was like one line of dialogue that's just like, oh, I moved to London and met him for a drink, and then and and you're like, like, okay. Wait, but at the same time, they were never in school together at the same Yeah, day. like how did they, you know each other? <laughs> And it's like, oh, he and Danny dated. And Danny and Jackson were best friends. So now it's like you're dating your best friend who just disappeared off the face of the earth, ex-boyfriend, who you didn't know at all, but now you're both (laughs) Americans in London. I mean, the world works in mysterious ways, Katie. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, All right. So my last last question for this interview portion. Um, You died. I'm so sorry. When when you died, because we're so close, I got asked to go through your personal belongings like one does. Okay. As I'm going through your personal belongings, I find this secret compartment in, in your, in your area. And in that secret compartment, there's a note and a box. The note reads, whatever is in this box represents my obsession of Teen Wolf. What's in the box? Oh man. That's a good one. Conceptually. It doesn't need to be physical. What Mm -hmm. What is, what is it? Um, On one hand, I want to say it's like the stupid symbol, the alpha. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Omega (laughs) symbol, just because it, all of it, and so dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Part of me also just wants to say like mistletoe. Oh, explain why that for everyone. So um, mistletoe is poisonous and uh, they use it um as poison and they use it as poison throughout the show um really and it's 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 very toxic to uh werewolves um not as much as like wolfsbane is but it will it will do the damage and um 
yeah, apparently it just like runs rampant throughout throughout uh Beacon. I was like Beacon, Hill. Beacon Hills. It is a rampant plant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot of natural growing mistletoe in Beacon Hills. Um fun fact, I this show made me want to live in Beacon Hills. Sounds supernatural. I don't need supernatural, but I have a Zillow alert that's called Beacon Hills. And it is just for like this area in and around Northern California. That geographically <laughs> yes, I love it so much. I hope you do move there. And like it, yeah, it is like, I want to move to like acres and acres in Northern California in essentially a place that looks like Beacon Hills, but where uh, I, you know, where there's where there's less murder, less murder, not as many werewolves, or maybe there are, and you don't know it. And I wouldn't know because I'd be an adult. Exactly. <laughs> uh, well, Katie, thank you so much for this chat. I, I, it was lovely chatting with you about Team Wolf. Yeah. But guess what? We're not done yet because it's time for nerdy knowledge. <laughs> All right, so I truly love interesting and fun facts. So while doing some research on Teen Wolf, I gathered some interesting and fun facts uh, and made them into a trivia game. No pressure. First question. What where animals are featured in the show? Okay. Uh, to clarify, are we talking animals that they refer to as where animals or does like lizard is lizard people? Good, qu of good question. You caught my trick. Uh, the ones that are referred to as where animals. <laughs> so uh, we've got where leopards, where coyotes, where jaguars. Yep. And I got, uh, I got, I got one more. And uh, it's right there in your face. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, we're wolves. There right? I it guess is. Yeah, you didn't wolf. say that one yet. Werewolf. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. We're leopard. We're jaguar. We're coyotes and werewolf. Bravo. Um, next, Scott McCall, Lydia Martin, Stiles Stalinsky, and Allison Argent were all teenagers in high school. Their characters are all teenagers in high school. Yeah. What were the ages of the actors when they started portraying them? Mm. So Scott McCall, Stiles Stalinsky, Tyler Posey, and Dylan O'Brien, mm -hmm. Lydia Martin, Holland Rodan, and Allison Argent, Crystal Reed. So Crystal Reed is surprisingly old. So when she started and she was supposed to be 16, 17, she was probably like 25. -ish. Crystal and Reed was 24. Good guess. Nice. <laughs> um, Colin Roden is, also a little older but she's not as old as the crystal so i want to say that she was like 
23. So I think you got these swapped in your head. So Holland, oh, Holland is the oldest. Older. Yeah. And oh, she's, okay. she's 25. 25. And then Crystal is 24. Yeah. Okay. But I love that you knew that though. You're still just like, yeah, one of them's older. Love that. And then, um, the boys and Dylan O'Brien, I, they were both, uh, they're both 21, 20. Nice. A year off for every single one of them. Nice. I thought it was interesting that like 20 to me is still like, okay, yes, you aren't technically a teenager, but like being in my third, in my 33rd year of life, like your brain is still kind of in the, in the teenager realm. So like that was fine. But like Holland being 25, I was like, girl, you work. You looked at this as a job, and that's why you got as far as you did in the show. So, yeah, that's a good one. Right. Uh, what two cast members also are listed as directors for the 2017 season? Uh, you can do actor or character name. I'm fine with either. Um, didn't uh, Papa Sargent direct one? So he it was it was just Dave B. Born, right? Did he do one? Uh, no, I did not find him. Oh, okay. Um, I think I feel like Dylan did direct. I don't know. No, no, maybe, no. Dylan didn't. Tyler. Did. I don't know. It's okay. Know. <laughs> Tyler. Tyler Posey. Tyler did. Yeah, yeah Tyler okay. did. And this is who you were. I think it was Sheriff. Um, Linda. Uh, Lyndon Ashby. So Sheriff. Yeah. Styles, the yeah. Sheriff did okay. Yes. So Papa. Papa Stolinski, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, next question. When the werewolves growl loudly, what animal is actually making that noise? Oh my goodness, I have no idea. Super interesting fact. I a gorilla. Like... It's oh. a gorilla. Sorry, I, I butted in before you guessed. <laughs> I was gonna say a badger or something. Like I, you know, something like that can shriek weirdly right because they could yeah yeah a gorilla the they didn't the creators didn't specify a reason why they chose gorilla but it is probably because of the pretty frightening sound they make that's all it says (laughs) i feel like i kind of always just thought that it was a manufactured sound that they didn't use an actual animal that's so interesting gorillas um all right next question two cast members are credited with appearing in every episode however this is untrue. What or what are the two cast members that are credited, and what is the lie? Or, uh, it'd be who? Dylan sorry, is, who are the Dylan two credited? Credited for every episode, and he's not in every episode. Um, Scott is credited for every episode, and so is Lydia. Dylan is actually not credited with every episode. He oh, is a no. yeah. He's actually credited five. Like I think it was five under. I think he five was under? in yeah, like ninety five. But Scott and Holland Lydia and, are both. Yeah, Holland yep. and Tyler are billed for every episode. Yep. Um. What's the lie? I think Tyler's the lie. Holland is the lie. She's missing really? from an episode in season two and an episode in I feel season like, yeah, three. I was like looking back and I was like, I feel like she was in every episode. Yeah. But she, if she was, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, next. What actor's father was in the original Teen Wolf movie? Oh. <laughs> I liked your face because that face was, ooh, this is an interesting fact. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't know. Uh, Tyler Posey's father, John Posey. He also starred in movies such as Manhunter, Robocop 3, and Legendary. Mm -hmm. The more you know. (laughs) Out of six seasons, how many episodes have not had a character death of some kind? I will I will let you get get within 10 of this number and there is there is at least 100 episodes total of the How show. How many didn't have a character death of some kind? Yep. And we're not talking just me like you know first secondary or even tertiary we're just talking you know characters or are we talking within the first I, three characters? I'm talking any any death of okay. any kind. That's what I saw. So each episode really? Two. I feel like maybe two episodes people didn't die. Way low. 14. But still, 14 out of 100 is low odds that you're not yeah. going to die. <laughs> well, I mean, every episode there's somebody. Yeah, I feel like mm-hmm. there's. there's That's the point of all the episodes is that people are dying. Exactly. Well, and then I was thinking about these 14 and, and watching the show like they had a lot of flashback episodes. Um yeah. Uh, to like explain storylines of creatures or explain like the whole where hunt werewolf hunters is a whole flashback, right? Like, and no one really yeah. dies in that, but we see the whole couple yeah. storylines of that. So that's kind of where I was thinking it was kind of in the, in some of the flashback episodes or, you know, where, um, styles is completely in his own head and you're just there the entire time. You know, I bet nobody dies because, it just takes place in his in his head. head. Yeah. yeah. Um, awesome. Next, uh, out of 19 awards, the show, the sh- out of 19 awards that the show won, how many were Tyler Posey singularly? So how many awards did Tyler Posey win singularly out of the 19 that the show in total won? Ten. Three all teen choice awards. The other interesting fact. So, so Tyler, Dylan, um, Lydia or uh, Holland, and then um, Crystal. So uh, Allison, they all have one. Uh, oh. At least at least one, which I thought was interesting. The show itself is one more, though. Um, ooh, what two characters have died and been resurrected the most number of times? Um, Sister Sergeant and, um, uh, what's his name? The, uh, uncle. Um, Sister S- Peter. Yeah, Peter, Peter and, um, Peter and Allison's aunt. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I don't think they considered them like full resurrections, but yes, I don't know why they didn't include this in that, but yes, I, now I'm remembering that 100% that they got resurrected multiple times. times. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This, I should, this was more main characters, I think than anything. Uh, So, um, this I have Jackson and Scott are the two characters that have died and been resurrected twice. Um, however, Derek Hale gets, rumored to be killed the most but never actually has died <laughs> yeah disappears for weeks and weeks and weeks on end but comes back exactly all right last question and this is kind of accumulation of everything mm-hmm. we have named werewolves where jaguars where coyotes i have found 16 other creatures that the show has given out i just want you to give me five okay <laughs> um so We've got the bone people, 
I, I'm like blanking on the names. It's um, all right. It's all right. Um, bone people. Are those the skinwalkers? Um, no, they're the skinwalkers are. Um, in the desert. Yeah, this is the like on the tip of my tongue. Um, they're like the big beastie people with the masks on their faces not like not the doctors um but the well you said the doctors so there's two those are those are called the dread doctors doctors. okay (laughs) and then um like one of them like scott becomes one of them and they are Oh, well, I can't think of what they're Oh, called. I know. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They are also a um creature in uh uh mythology, a gr- yeah. uh um uh uh Viking mythology specifically. Yeah. Yes. They're real. Yes. And well, yes. I can't think of what they're called, but they're, right. they're okay. like bone people. Yes, bone people. Um, We're gonna call them berserkers. Berserkers, yeah. <laughs> um, then there are chimeras. Yep. Uh, so we've got the Dread Doctors, the Berserkers, the Chimeras. You mentioned Skinwalkers, so we won't count that. And then I forget if you said Canama in the original. I have, not, I have not said Canama yet, okay. so you got Canama. So Canama. And uh, got any, technically, well, that technically that's that's five counting skinwalkers. But how right. many how many was, can you go? Oh, I was gonna say banshee. <laughs> yes, banshee. Um, and then we've got uh, uh, wendigos. Yep, wendigos. Um, which are just creepy in general creatures. Yeah. <laughs> but you know you. Do for that family the family of wendigos that gets brutally murdered. brutally murdered by what creature um that's it's kind of a trick question because the name is kind of <laughs> not but, really said yeah it's not it do you it, remember what they look like yeah <laughs> i'm like it's like I'm like in the Wendigo house. I'm like yes. trying to like watching it in my head. <laughs> um, now I'm blanking. It's right. They are called the muted because they're the ones that like it's skinned over their mouth yes. and it's just their eyes. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, and then. Uh, oh, there's. um. There's another one that is coming to mind and i can't think of it i think that's kind of where i think i'm, I'm tapped that's out what you got. i love it i love it um so let's go through the ones that you that you missed so we have the anukite which are the shapeshifters that are released from the realm like remember there's like that rift in the the realm and there's those creatures those two-faced creatures is what they call them that yep. show your deepest fear um there is the oh wait um uh the yeah, the the uh Nagitsune. Yes, and, there it is. Uh, yeah. And the uh so there's the Nagitsune and then there's the uh the Katsune. Yep. The yep, 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 yep. And um Okay, yeah. So the the the, the, yep. the Nagitsune for people who don't know is a demon um 
Kitsune, which possesses styles. Um, one of, I think, one of the best television episodes. Like, it truly is a really good episode. Dylan O'Brien works for it. It's good. He does such it's, a good job. It's recognized as, like, one of, like an incredible performance. It, it's insane. There is, you watch it and you're like, oh, this is literal. This is actual acting. This isn't act. This is like, like you are in it. <laughs> you're being psychologically tortured right now 100 and then um the kitsune are basically they're like spirit beings and they can have different elements but the one that is in the show is a thunder kitsume who is takes over the body of kira yuka who's another one of the love interests that comes on the show after allison um all right do you got any more or do you want me to keep going okay um stop me if you think of more uh we have the Darak, which are the druid okay. emissaries. They're the weird creature looking things. That's the one that I couldn't. That's the one. I was like, it's on the tip of my tongue. It's the, the Darak. Yeah. Okay. Um, the Slaw, which is not a, one of the creatures that we see often, but it ta- or see directly, but it takes on the appearance of lost souls. And it was actually designed by a fan named Jessica Short. Um, it's in one episode. Um, it's a creepy. Ooh. Um. The, um, the the uh, hell hounds yes <laughs> i was like i was hoping you would get there before i did hell hounds for sure they're a huge part of the show <laughs> um uh, other one ghost rider who is he's I think he's like uh-huh. a what one or two episode arc in arc yep. in there. Um and then the final one is Lowermensch, which is the lion man, the werewolf lion hybrid. He's in one episode, he's like stronger than all the other wolves that happen. No one really knows what he is, and then they make friends with him and then he leaves, right? Like that's how the episode ends, if I yeah. remember correctly. <laughs> yeah. Bravo. Okay. Bravo. So the ones I couldn't get are were pretty obscure. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Bravo. All right. Well, you did fantastic and nerdy knowledge, but again, we're not done yet. We got our last thing, which is talk nerdy to me. Nerdy talk, nerdy talk, nerdy to me. All right. What are your top favorite characters in the show? Uh, Top five favorite. Um, Just top three. I don't need five. (laughs) I don't need five. I'm just like adding things. Yeah. <laughs> well, you ask for three, I'll give you five. No. Um. Definitely, Styles and Lydia. I love them. And then, you know, it's funny. I almost want to say Melissa McCall over Scott. Yeah. Fucking Scott. love Melissa McCall so much. She showed up on a I can't remember what movie it was on I was watching. And I, I just was like, who is it? Oh, it's Melissa. I was like, yeah. it's nice McCall. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she runs like she starts and she's like uh like not even a, a nurse nurse. She's like an assist a medical assistant. Yeah. And then by the end of it, she's like leading them like she's like the main trauma surgeon she's leading the morgue and she's exactly. still titled 
nurse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the only employee at that hospital. Yes. Uh, so true. Um, this is your desert island question um, <laughs> for you. It's a little bit different. Instead of being on a desert island, you get to choose what you can turn into for life. What creature would you turn into, where or otherwise, that is in the show Teen Wolf? Uh, well, not a camp, huh? for sure. I'm not, <laughs> lizard not about to be a lizard person. <laughs> not for me. Um, love that journey for someone else. Um, I feel like uh, probably, I feel honestly probably banshee not because i necessarily want to i feel like it just makes sense um, <laughs> i love that for you <laughs> um i i i kind of just feel like that's right but yeah i guess i'll i'll go with that i don't necessarily i don't need fur for anything and you know trans transformation properties aren't really my thing so i'm good yeah i'll go with i love that banshee um top event who is your favorite baddie in the show or what is your favorite like baddie storyline um i favorite baddie storyline i guess is, is really where um i think probably oh i don't really necessarily like where that goes i'm like trying to i would say peter but he's not really bad but he also isn't good um but i do i like his storyline He's um, in, he's introduced as the antagonist though for sure. He's, so he's yeah. very yeah, and you you do love to not like him, and then yeah. you know when he does something good, it, it it's gratifying. You know, it's kind of one of those weird things. But also, um, Duquesne. Well, I he drove me crazy. I and I always called him. I would call him like Deuteronomy or Dunkin' Donuts or any, any D any, word that was on the tip D of my tongue. Word. Yeah, I just uh, you know I was like, drivers like I would just call him like literally any anything. So like, maybe not like, if I did that, but I did like the 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 alpha pack. I think that mm -hmm. that was an interesting situation and dynamic. Nice. Yeah. We got Peter. We got the Alpha Pack. I like that. I like the Alpha Pack story a lot too. I, I thought that yeah, was a really interesting story. I line. like that one. And uh, and then I for I can't think. I can't remember why, but the the word the um and this is the one that we mentioned too. Like we don't ever really see it, but it plays. And I, I'm forgetting the name again. Um, because I guess Monday or Tuesday. It's Tuesday. It's not even Monday. I have no excuse. Um. <laughs> But the worst fears one, because like that just that episode was also insane. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that. But I okay, I know that I just went all over the place. I actually fine. think Nagitsune is my favorite bat because Nagitsune. Yeah, the the Nagitsune. Yeah, the like. Oh, the 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 demon spirit. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I think I think probably the Nagitsune because it's there's such a huge impact and it literally spans through time <laughs> all right uh next one where should someone start to really like this do you think they should start at the beginning in the season is it okay to just jump in wherever what are your thoughts definitely season one episode one. yeah definitely from the beginning first episode is so good um and if you jumped in anywhere else you'd miss some of the best humans running 
on all fours. It's so true. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, they really, they come a long way with that, but they do put them down on all fours. <laughs> they do. Oh, I love that. Um, what is, I mean, that kind of ties into it. What is your random fact of Teen Wolf? Yeah, yeah, that is. That is. <laughs> they they run all. all they fours. do run on all fours. Ah, <laughs> uh, occasionally. Um, let's see. Um, Dylan O'Brien still has the Jeep and drives it regularly. Oh, like I love that. That's such a good fact. I love yeah. when I love when people take take that. Like Elijah Wood has Sting um, for Lord of Things. I love that. Um, where is the best place for someone to find Teen Wolf? Oh, it's on Prime. Um, it's on, I think it's on Apple TV now. Um, I think I saw a thing. Uh, it's likely going to be on Paramount Plus if that's where the movie's going to be. So I'm guessing it's it's either yeah, there probably once it does or... its once it does its Prime run, it'll go to there. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's 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 definitely available for streaming. Um, oh, I think it's on Hulu too. Nice. All right find it people yeah, next <laughs> next one fill in this blank if i like blank then i will like teen wolf um hmm. so many things um List and them. weirdly what comes to mind is the raven cycle book series but um i love it so it's a weird a weird club <laughs> Um, but I, I feel I feel similarly about them. Like they evoke the strange, the same kind of feelings from me, and I feel, uh, you know, really invested in in the characters in in a similar way. Um, yeah, but that so that's by Maggie Stevader. Uh, and if you like the Raven Cycle, you'll like Teen Wolf. Um, I love that. um all right last one this is the if you know you know section i want you to say something to other people that are obsessed with teen wolf that only they would understand um this is where i would say styles actual first name but um i forget it I think that is a perfect way to end this right there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you so much for doing this chat. Um, Stay on uh, after we say goodbye, because I'll have you do some other stuff real fast, but we can say goodbye to the people. Thank you. It was a pleasure talking to you about this. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. We'll have you on again for some other ones for sure. Uh, But until then, everyone, thank you for listening and uh, we'll see you again. Bye. Bye.